Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. This is a very lovely day that we are recording. And um, I'm happy to say I am over all of my lung infections and nonsense. And all you really hear right now is just the standard, ordinary springtime allergies. So (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm finished with all that silliness. So anyway, we're good, and um, and I'm just loving this weather and seeing all of the buds on the trees, and oh, it's just been great. Had a great Easter yeah. Sunday. Uh, really enjoyed being. We went to Philadelphia, and uh, saw at that point my four-day-old great niece, um, who is just a little sweetheart, and what's even more amazing is to watch her with her two-and-a-half-year-old big sister who couldn't be more delighted with this live baby doll that she has. And she's just, it's just so funny to watch her with her because she just uh, is very attentive. And uh, so far, uh, she hasn't been jealous. But I don't know if that will uh, evolve or not. I hope it doesn't. But she's just having a blast with her sister. Mm-hmm. So, good. yay! That was great. And, and how we had was good food. Were, yeah, hmm? and how was um, the um, mama? How's she feeling? Mama's uh, exhausted uh, because yeah. this new one apparently nurses just about every hour. So. <laughs> She said she praised God the other day because she actually got two solid hours of sleep. She was so happy. Yeah. So I suppose, you know, this will lessen as time goes on. But um, but they're both pretty burned out, husband and wife, mom and dad, but they're doing a great job. Yeah. It is. It's a lot. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, it is. It's a lot, but that's okay. They're young. They can do it. That's what I said. That's what I said. That's why you got to have them when you're kids. That's you right. Uh huh. You know, works. I really do believe there's something to be said about years ago when people had babies very young, yeah. like, you know, early, 20, 21, really early. Yeah, early like on. our moms. Yeah, it's a big difference in age when you mm-hmm. – uh, now, I don't – in all honesty, Lynn, I had Tommy at 27 and Sean at 32. And I, okay. I really didn't notice the difference between 30, 27 and 32. Like, I didn't, okay, yeah. you're five years older. But I really didn't. It, 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 it didn't. It didn't 
the pregnancy was the same. There was no issue. There were, thank God, there weren't any issues. I, 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 you know, I didn't, I really didn't. Even taking care of them, but, you know, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Tommy was five years older than Sean. And he was like mm-hmm. a little toddler who, you know, he, it wasn't like a, another little, little kid that you had to watch everything they did, too. So I think that was a big difference. But I didn't. Yeah, I, but I do see that the younger part works, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, well, Mara and um, Kevin both turned 30 this year. So it was, um, again, it was the same thing. You know, they, they did what they wanted to do. They had a good time with their lives, and, and they were ready. And that was it. They were ready to have kids. And I think a lot of their friends and family members, siblings, were, you know, having kids, and it was just something to do. And so they, they were, they were ready. And and I yeah. think they are wonderful parents. Wonderful. So, good. Um, yay! It's it's a happy thing to see. And it, it was funny, I think, is to see my brother-in-law, who's, um, what they they call him, Poppy. Poppy. So it's just funny to watch him with them because the the infant, he doesn't know what to do with, you know, no clue. It's just a thing. (laughs) But the two and a half year old, he is, she has him wrapped around her little finger. You know, he, Poppy does everything. Poppy does this and that. And it's really wonderful to see that. That's really great. That's what we so, used to call my we called my grandpa um, my mother's father we used to call him Poppy too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my father and my was si- Papa. My sister's Mimi. I don't know why how that one got started. No, I like that too. Though I like that. I do too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so, so um, what else happened during this week? Any any uh, any happening? No, I can't think. I can't think of anything that was spectacular. Well, yes, I should say this. You know, it's, uh, I've told many times about the uh, the monthly luncheon meeting that we usually try to put together, um, whether or not withstanding, uh, with my friends, two friends from college. And uh, we went to a place on Wednesday. We went to a place called Tostique. And... It's in Bethlehem on the main street, very close to um, the steel stacks and all the downtown Bethlehem area, which is really a cool place because there's lots of little neat stores and all kinds of things that have developed. It used to be a dive, a real dumpy place, but they've done a lot of work to spruce it up, and it's really nice looking. And this is a franchise, Toastique, and Joni Glover... Um, and I went to a place in, excuse me, Clouvere, went to a place in, uh, I think it was Ocean City, but not, I think I had the wrong town. But anyway, we were walking through in a, in a day that it was absolutely pouring and we went down to the shore for a couple of days and, um, we, they have these little jitneys at the hotel and they, they drive you to the downtown area. So we just decided we were just going to go with our umbrellas and go into all the stores and see all the fun things that they had. And the one, we were ready for lunch. It was on the corner. It was called Toastique. 
And we looked at the menu and thought, this is really neat. So we went in there, and they have all kinds of breads, kind of like Panera with all these different varieties of breads. But what they put on them is really, really different. And uh, combinations of things and, and the the bowls that they have of uh, acai bowls and uh, all kinds of fresh fruits and stuff. And it was just really nice, a very clean, fun thing. And Joan, of course, being someone who loves to be on the Internet, did some more research on it and found out that there was one in Bethlehem, which is close to, well, she lives in Bethlehem. So we decided since today, as we are recording this, is Joan Glover's birthday. Happy birthday to Joan Glover. Um, Happy birthday, Joan. We decided yesterday that we were going to go to Tostique. So we went to the one in Bethlehem and were equally impressed. We enjoyed it immensely. And uh, it was another beautiful day. Like today is a lot less warm but still beautiful. And so we had a great day. We had a wonderful day. And today, uh, you know, she's getting all kinds of cards and things from everybody around the world, including her former roommate who lives in Scotland. And um, got all kinds of uh, fun things for her birthday. So happy birthday, Joni Glover. That's it, baby. I love it. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure we said that. So, yeah, the day, the day, the week was pretty cool. Um, did some fun things, some different things. And, uh, and that's about it. So what did you do? Uh, I, I really, I was, I, I really, I went to my brother's for Easter. And yeah. I spent some time with him and his family and then, my brother and my nephew and I, who were going up to a friend's cabin Easter night, uh, we, the three of us, went over and, and visited my sister at, up at her shop because, of course, she was working, but we sat in the back with her, and outside it was a beautiful day. So just sat and relaxed, and I was home early, which I loved, and it was a very relaxing day. I made um, on Monday, or no, Tuesday, I made a banana bread which came out beautifully once again it's the second time i've it's ina garten's recipe so i did some of that to get, you know the bananas that i had left and um i was it, it was a very quiet um sort of last couple of days um mm-hmm. which i i kind of i i like <laughs> i've liked having yeah. so no. yeah haven't been have, really haven't i was out yesterday for a while and had a lot going on but um today a little more simple and um and then i have a just like a um i have a couple things coming up on the for the weekend and then next thursday and there are still mm-hmm. tickets available is the uh, Evening with Mitch album. Uh, it's presented by Hospice of the Sacred Heart. And, of course, it's at the Theater, theater at North. It's $55 a ticket. Um, books will be available uh, for signing to be purchased and to, to sign. He will sign them. It's um, um, a, a great story. Um, and he just talks about this, his newest book, um, 
I forget the name of it, some life bulb. I will, I will let you know in a, in a second, but he's mm-hmm. going to be speaking and it's going to be a really, um, a nice, a nice event. So I, I think it's, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, but that you can still get, um, tickets at the box office there at the theater at North or, uh, hospice of the sacred, hospice sacred heart hospicesacredheart.org, and that will, um, they have it right there that you can figure out and, and buy it. And I think it's The Stranger in a Lifeboat. That's what it's called. And that mm-hmm. is the book that he'll be talking about. Of course, you know, he's famous for Tuesdays with Maury, um, but it, he's done many books in between, The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Uh, all of his stuff has been great. So this is his newest book, so I'm going to wait and get it when I, you know, when I get there, buy it. And he's going to be there to autograph. So it's going to be yeah. nice, a nice evening. Again, hospicesacredheart.org if you want a ticket or you can show up the night of, $55 a ticket, and you can go right to the box office or you can go to Theater at North ahead of time and buy your ticket. So it's kind of nice for a nice out. It's a, a, a night out. It's a, a fundraiser for hospice. They're celebrating 20 years this year, Lynn. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh-huh. 20 years. Yep. Yikes. With an idea with an idea from uh, Dr. Frank Bucci and wanted it to come to fruition and talk to Diane Baldy and they're 20 years Ta-da. later, here they are. So it's, That's wonderful. It's great. That's a wonderful job and um, it's just going to be a nice evening. So, um, Well, let me say that I went, I, I tried to go online to do that as well and I... I had the wrong stuff in there. I had hospiceofthesacredheart.com. So say it again, because I think that's important. What is the website? Hospicesacredheart.org. Good. Okay. Sounds good. All right. And on that, we're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, this is Nancy Kamen from WILK's Morning News, and I know Laurie Cadden. A lot of people know Laurie Cadden. And more importantly, Laurie Cadden knows a lot of people. Laurie Cadden Enterprises specializes in fundraising, public relations, and special events. Laurie Cadden can take your business or organization to the next level. This isn't something that you learn about in a book. Heck, it can't even be taught. Laurie Cadden lives it. She knows how to work a crowd open doors, and build and nurture relationships. With Laurie Cadden Enterprises, you get, ta-da, Laurie Cadden and her 20-plus years of experience. Call Laurie today at 357-8399, 357-8399, or email Laurie, Laurie, L-A-U-R-I-E, at lauriecadden.com, L-A-U-R-I-E-C-A-D-D-E-N.com. Laurie Cadden Enterprises because it is 
who you know. I'm Dr. Nicole DeNova. Since VREC opened its doors in 2010, we've treated over 30,000 patients, including the puppy whose curiosity led him to a porcupine and the police canine who was just doing his job. VREC is located at 318 Northern Boulevard in Clark Summit and is open 24-7 for your pet peace of mind. To learn more about us, visit VRECPA.com or call 570-587-7777. It's Saturday morning with Lori and Lynn. Now, back to Lori and Lynn. Hi, we're back. My name is Lynn Evans. I am a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And before we forget, we just want to tell everybody, please remember that this show becomes a podcast that's available at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com, or anywhere that you get your podcasts. Usually it's posted somewhere around Sunday evening after it airs on W-I-L-K, so please go subscribe and make sure you don't miss a single episode of this. So that would be thelauriandlinshow.com. Okay, so everybody, yeah, we keep forgetting to say that. So um, there was something I saw in uh, an article that uh, I get something that's for financial planners that's called Rethinking 65, which is really a fresh take on a lot of stuff that typically um, gets pushed under the rug because we have certain assumptions about retirement and what happens to people when they get to be 65. This really shakes up a lot of stuff. And this one in particular I love because I didn't know about this, but it is so true when you think about it. It's a... The name of the article is called Murdoch's Marriage Plans Reminds Us of the Double Standard. And this is written by a woman named Rhonda Gorelick. And what she said was, the Australian media mogul and Fox News owner, Rupert Murdoch, 92, (laughs) recently divorced from fourth wife, supermodel Jerry Hall, has announced his engagement to Anne Leslie Smith, 66, whose past careers include police chaplain, model, and singer-songwriter. Even if he admits to, quote, falling in love, end quote, as he told the New York Post, why rush back into marriage, especially considering all the legal and financial complications that surely attend a union in which one party is a nonagenarian billionaire. A cynical explanation would be that a love story offers an ideal distraction for Murdoch. It could deflect media attention from the 1.6 billion defamation lawsuit brought against his company, Fox News, by Dominion Voting Systems, which may go to trial next month. But there may be another reason Murdoch would trouble himself to marry again at this stage of life, because he can. 
Getting married is one of life's big signposts. It brings a sense of adventure and possibilities. Every wedding is a frontier, dividing one's life into a before and an after. And that creation of the new after imbues all weddings, no matter the age of the, t- of the participants, with an aura of youth. Murdoch acknowledges as much himself, telling the New York Post, which he owns, uh, we're both looking forward to spending the second half of our lives together. Huh? Um, I'm just <laughs> laughing because but I'm laughing because you said telling the New York Post, which he owns. So, okay, get yeah. it right. All right. Second half of his life together? Did you just say that? Yes, that's what I said. The quote is, we're both looking forward to spending the second half of our lives together. (laughs) That means he's going to live to what, 180-something? I don't think so. God. But anyway, while an ironic, even witty remark, his words nonetheless contain that sense of futurity. never knew that was a word, but anyway, of more life left that new marriage conjures. Everyone has the right to pursue such pleasures, but the playing field is hardly level. To become a newlywed at 92, having found a highly accomplished partner, 26 years one's junior, surely counts among the world's rarest privileges, for which it obviously helps to be a billionaire and crucially a man. Let's face it, few women who reach their 90s can expect to find suitors, and certainly not suitors, young enough to be their own children. Women of elder years do not circulate easily in the dating and marriage market. And then in quotes, in parentheses, quick thought exercise. Just reverse the couple's ages and genders here and do a plausibility check. Diane Feinstein, 89, Andy Garcia, 66. The late Queen well, Elizabeth. Like, well, wait a minute. Could it be Laurie what? Cadden and Andy Garcia? Because that I would go for. Well, that would be, yeah, but you're not 92 <laughs> or 89. I'm teasing, no. but I love him. Anyway, go ahead. I know. And the late Queen Elizabeth, your darling, 96 when she died. Tom Hanks, 66. <laughs> these, are, these are couples that are the same age as, as Rupert Murdoch and, and his fiance. Well, no, no, Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck's not 50-some years old. No, Tom Hanks. Hanks, you said Tom, Selleck. Did I say it? I'm sorry. Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks 66. isn't 50-some. Oh, 66. He's 66, okay. yes. I get it. Okay. Okay. So she was trying to compare couples that we know that would be the same right, age right. as them. And you look at it and you think, what happens if it was the woman who was that age? You know, it, it, it would never happen is the her point. Humans, especially over 50, yearn to stave off mortality. But our culture encourages men and women to do that in very different ways. Women are often encouraged to practice, quote, anti-aging, end quote, to plump and highlight, tighten and tone ourselves into the closest possible approximation of an eternally 38-year-old woman. This is especially true for women in the public eye, women on television, in film, or in the news, and women who marry billionaires. All too often, remaining a publicly viable woman in the second half of life means, paradoxically, 
doing one's utmost to look like one is still in the first half of life. Being visible as a woman, that is, requires making one's age invisible. It's a conflictual, not to say crazy-making, diktat to follow, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. With her smooth skin, flowing auburn hair, and gleaming smile, Smith looks considerably younger than her years. Recent photos show her tan and fit in a yellow bikini while relaxing on the beach and frolicking the surf with a swimsuit-clad Murdoch. Now, remember, this one's 66. Smith, okay. Physical signs of aging, even of extreme age, do not carry much stigma for men. Instead, men like Murdoch resist old age and permit themselves, even if chokingly, to speak of entering at 62 the second half of their lives. By focusing outward through the agency of other people, acquiring younger and anti-aged companions to inspire and energize them. This week, just as those photos of Murdoch and Smith appeared, a former Fox employee filed a lawsuit against the company in New York's Southern District. In her suit, Abby Groberg, a booker for Tucker Carlson Tonight, alleges she was subjected to the vile, sexist stereotypes and overworked, undervalued, and denied opportunities for promotion because she was a woman. According to Grossberg, considerable ageism accompanied the sexism she encountered. She claims, for example, that a senior male colleague referred to Fox anchor Maria Bartiromo, 55, as menopausal and hysterical. Grossberg also described the walls of Tucker Carlson's office as plastered with large images of then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi in a plunging bathing suit revealing her cleavage. Displaying those photos of Pelosi, who's over 80, was meant to strip her of her power, to demean and belittle one of the most powerful women in the world. On the other hand, press photos of the far older Murdoch in a swimsuit, girlfriend by his side, are presumed to accomplish the opposite, drawing attention to his power and virility, his ability to attract yet another much younger spouse. What does such a dichotomy do to us all? How are we affected by the continual stream of media messages that celebrate men's power and vitality throughout their lives, wrinkles, baldness, and sagging be damned, while encouraging women <laughs> to erase or disguise every last possible of age in order to remain the public arena? Vanity is a natural part of the human condition, and there's no moral crime in looking one's best. However, we accomplish, now, however we accomplish this, but age catches up with us all. And in the end, isn't this implicit erasure of women's second halves to form a lying, a subtle pressure on women themselves to lie, to tamp themselves down, to agonize over their age? And is it just possible that a culture accustomed to such constant dissembling of aging and mortality in women grows inured also to accepting other habitual forms of dissembling, broader falsehoods, 
tiny to consequential about those in power and those who have none? What changes might ensue if we granted all women a fully visible, ocean-waddling, free second half? That's the question. So I thought that was fascinating. It is. And Lynn, do you think Murdoch has any um, any um, ownership in any um, wink wink pharmaceutical company? <laughs> oh, I can't imagine that he would, especially those I mean, that please, crave please. a race. And oh God, I mean, he's just like I'm thinking of something else. If you know what I'm saying, but well, he's a I, joke. Just, I think it's it's just. I mean, there's just. I don't know. And, and what does it say about this broad, this sixty-six-year-old? Yeah. I mean, if she if she purely is interested in him because he's a smart guy, I don't know if he is. If he's a smart guy and he's entertaining and he's fun to be around, and there's like, I love older guys. So to me, you learn something from. So if that's what it is, I mean, why do you have to get married? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. I guess he can. So what the hell? But it's just it's yeah. bizarre. But that really gives me hope that I think I should go ahead and, and start my um, um, plight to uh, meet up with, um, you know, my, my real No, no. <laughs> I love Warren Buffett. I, Warren Buffett. Like, you know, yeah. he's secretly my man. So I know, know I know, I know. He's I, your love. I love him with all my might. He's, he's the best. I just, you know that old line, who would you like to have dinner with or lunch? Or, yes. And he, is, yes. he is the first, he's right up on the top list, on the top well, list. Well, you, you know, every year he does an auction, and, and yeah, he well, bid on lunch. having lunch. I'm having yeah, lunch well, with him. I don't, don't want to You don't have a few million to spare, do you? No, I want him to just think I'm delightful enough he should want to meet me, so that's all. Okay. But anyway, we'll, we'll see, hopefully. On that note, we are going to leave for the time being until we come back with Bradley. Oh, I love it. From Lynn Bradley. From Bradley uh, Perry. From yes, Bradley, Bradley. And he is the, what's his title? Public Relations Liaison, liaison. at BREC. There, there we go. So we'll be right back. Okay. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. Hi, my name is Lynn S. Evans, CFP, co-host of The Laurie and Lynn Show. I am the managing director of a new business, Women of Substance, LLC, a financial planning firm dedicated to the specific financial needs of baby boomer women. I help them navigate through widowhood, retirement, divorce, and job loss. Send me an email at lynn at lynnsevans.com and let me know how I can help you. I'm also the host of a podcast, Power of the Purse, available on more than 30 sites, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We record these lively conversations with women who've been there and have great advice to give others so they don't go down the same dark holes. And we feature some experts who share some great ideas to be prepared before you have to face these transitions. And we have a whole lot of fun. Please don't let the fear of not knowing about personal finances stop you anymore. I am here to take the confusion and mystery out of money. Go to my website, lynnsevans.com, and see how we can set up a time to talk or browse around the many blogs and other free info on the site. Remember, money's not the enemy. Your ignorance of it is. Business Banking at Fidelity. We have a great relationship with Fidelity. They're like family with us. They're right next door to my business. If there's ever a problem, just one phone call, I don't even have to go to them. They come to me. It's great. 
I love being in the business. This was meant for me. We're very busy. I'm running every day and I love to stay busy. So that's why I need a bank that's going to be there for me when I need them. Back in 2006, we were having a problem with our lease in our other building. We were looking for a place to go. We stumbled upon this, this location. It's right in the heart of downtown, right in the, the middle of the city, and it happened to be right next to Fidelity Bank. They went out of their way for us to get this building. It was wonderful, and it's been a great relationship ever since. I have a business line of credit with Fidelity that gives me buying power. My credit card machine runs through Fidelity, my checking account, uh, my payroll taxes. They take care of it all for me. I bank with Fidelity, don't you? Member FDIC. Here's Lori and Lynn. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Lori and Lynn Show, and I'm Lori Cadden, the owner of Lori Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising, PR, and special event business. And I am Lynn Evans, and I am a certified financial planner and managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC. That's a financial planning firm devoted specifically to the needs of baby boomer women. And our guest expert today hails from the Veterinary Referral and Emergency Center, and his name is Bradley Perry, and Bradley's been with us before. He is uh, the public affairs liaison of VREC, and he's got some very seasonal, timely topics to speak about today. So welcome, Brad. Thank you for having me on again, um, and I hope you both had a happy Easter. Mm-hmm. Good, and how about you? Uh, I had a really good Easter, and, you know, now we have spring in kind of full force. Um, you know, today is it's absolutely gorgeous out, so I'm kind of, you know, relishing in the fact that we actually have sun sort of snow on the ground. You know, I, I don't see any snow on the ground, so I'm kind of happy to see the sun. Yay! <laughs> you know, but... Um, with the uh, Easter weekend just being, you know, past now, um, there's a couple things that um, I think about as far as what families might have in their household lingering from the festivities of the weekend. And um, that leads to, you know, talking about maybe flowers and most importantly, lilies. Um, a lot of um, families tend to, you know, get lilies in for Easter. Um, and it's important to kind of know um, what lilies may pose to our pets. Um, they're actually very toxic to cats. Um, however, they can be both toxic to cats and dogs, believe it or not. Um, so the effects unfortunately are much more severe in cats um so you kind of want to be careful um with anything lily oriented um so you know uh commonly you're going to see the easter lilies you're going to see japanese lilies um you even see oriental lily hybrids a stargazer tiger lily day lily um even a casablanca um those lilies are actually um very toxic in the way that they can lead to acute kidney injury in cats. Um, so with those, with that being said, obviously the weekend is now over. So some of these lilies may not be getting watered and they might start to die. Um, so it's important to remember that all parts of the lily plant are poisonous to our animals. So if the plant starts to fall apart, what happens is it becomes more easily accessible to our animals and then pollen can spread in our houses 
without us even realizing it. Um, so it's even in small amounts, it can cause, you know, damage that we don't want to see our pets, you know, go through. Um, the one thing that um, daylilies are, uh, you know, are a little bit different in the sense that they're mostly found in nature um, because when they're cut, they usually pretty much die within a day. Um, so for them, they're usually more found outside, um, just like um, the tiger lily as well. Um, so if your cat is one of those cats that loves to take an adventure and loves to go outside, um, they can come in contact with that. So it's important to watch out for signs and symptoms of certain, you know, uh, ingestion, so that would include vomiting, um, anorexia, and even depression. So if they're lethargic, if they're moving slow, you know, you just kind of want to keep an eye out for that. Um, some other lilies that, you know, don't pose as much of a risk to cats but can still be harmful um, are the Peruvian lily, lily of the valley, um, a calla lily or a trumpet lily, um, and the peace and the flame lily fall into that category. Um, so the one kind of thing um, with cats is they're very sneaky. So some people might think they can outsmart their cat by putting the lily in a different room or keeping it away from them. But we all know our animals can be tricky and they can get into areas that we might try to block off. Um, so even if your cat generally doesn't, you know, pay attention to plants, with them seeing something, you know, new and shiny, um, they might be a little bit more attracted to take a little sniff um, and even a little bite. Um, and just even that can cause a world of hurt. Um, so if anything does happen to where your animal doesn't just any parts of the lily or you think your animal is suffering lily toxicity, um, you can call um, the Animal Poison Control Center. Um, and their number is 1-888-426-4435. Um, so if you call that number, they can go ahead and, you know, direct you to, you know, do certain things or where to take your animal in case of your animal accidentally ingesting the lily. That's fascinating because I've had cats for 50 years and I have always had an Easter lily in the house, always. It's my mother's favorite, favorite flower, you know, for Easter. I never knew that about lilies. I knew it about other types of plants, but I never, and that was always the one we talk about, about Christmas, is the poinsettia, mm -hmm. poinsettia. Um, I've always kept them out of the house, but I never realized that a lily could be that deadly. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yes. And, you know, the sooner, I mean, and, you know, and, and sometimes accidents happen, and, you know, it, of course, the lilies are beautiful to have around, especially during this time of year. I mean, who doesn't love the sight of flowers? Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's important to kind of, you know, if anything does happen, you know, hop on it and you kind of are able to, you know, minimize, uh, you know, potential harmful outcomes. Yeah. Wow. Um, and in addition to that, I, what I think is fascinating, not only the fact that 
it's what the, you know how, how the, the the danger to animals but but uh, i i'm very impressed uh with you bradley because you're a regular luther burbank here with all that the names of all of those beautiful flowers <laughs> that was pretty i'm sitting here oh my god he knows all of those lilies. i love it so um, luther yeah, burbank but, <laughs> but I had no idea either that all of those things could be now. It's because of that, then Bradley. Do, do you see? Is it is it still as common of animals coming in and that being the, the nature of what they're 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 they've been sickened by? Is, is it is it very prevalent, or does it happen less because people know that now? Um. I'm not 100% sure, um, not right now, uh, just because I actually, believe it or not, I'm working from home at the moment um, just because I'm recovering from uh, a big surgery. So I haven't been in the clinic uh, to see uh, or in the hospital uh, to see what's coming in and, um, you know, what's um, most prevalent. Um, However, I do believe that... um, I do believe most people know about lilies, but it's wow. always good to kind of revisit those things because sometimes it's one of those things that, like, you forget about it. Like, I, for example, like, even I love hyacinths, and obviously they're a, they're a popular flower around this mm-hmm. time of year, too. And hyacinths can even be toxic to animals. Um, so um, I had one, you know, for a week, and, uh, you know, we uh, had it nice and heading up high, for our for my cats <laughs> not get near it um but unfortunately it's one of those things that i even forgot about until i was like oh my goodness i was like why did why did i get a hyacinth i'm like i know they're not <laughs> i know they're not mm-hmm. friendly to cats so it's kind of one of those things where it's like you kind of have to it, the light bulb kind of turns on once in you know once in a while and then you're like oh yeah that's very very true so it's kind of one of those things that you just run you refresh your memory on it and then it's almost like, you know, maybe obviously, you know, a year will pass, but then all of a sudden we'll get to next Easter and then people will be like, oh, no, Lily's, okay, that's, they pose a problem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how about, yeah, you how, also, how other, yeah, what, what about the other Easter culprit, chocolate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> My goodness, especially because the Easter bunny, he definitely filled a lot of baskets this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Chocolate those things where it that spells disaster for a lot of pets um it's chocolate is another toxic culprit um i would say um i i haven't seen uh, at, from my time at vrec i haven't seen many chocolate uh ingestional issues, mm-hmm. uh, issues. Um, yeah. more so it's like, it's, I've, it's more so I've seen stocks than anything. Um, <laughs> cause, you know, dogs love socks. Um, but for the most part, I think a lot of pet parents are pretty responsible when it comes to those types of things. However, um, you know, the thing is, you know, with little kids with chocolate, especially with, you know, holidays like this, uh, they might be, you know, roaming around the house and, you know, they might take a piece of chocolate with them in a room and not even realize they left it in there. And then next thing you know, your dog got into some chocolate um, that was left by your little one. And then you're kind of hoping that nothing bad comes out of it. Um, so it's just kind of one of those things that it's very helpful and very important to watch and have eyes 
in all directions. Everywhere. It, um, Bradley, is it just as bad for a cat, or don't they ever really lend you? You have your cats. Do they ever go near your chocolate? No, I, I wouldn't let them. Are you kidding me? They, no, no they, but they, do they ever attempt to? That's no, they, no, they don't. They, yeah, they they don't really they don't really go even like even I have like um I have some like chocolates uh you know that like maybe like if I maybe I buy a chocolate from a, the grocery store I come home and unpack the groceries and they might sniff mm-hmm. it but they they really they kind of snub it and they walk away. Okay. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. And so what 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 other things are happening there at this seasonal time? Any other um. Uh, things that what about um because i don't know if we've ever said this what about when you're in in the planting season now because that'll happen with your potted plants and is there anything in in those uh like say miracle grow bag i mean are any of those things something they they shouldn't be near or they wouldn't even do it because it's not tasty enough for them um, I'm not sure. I mean, I have seen my, I have seen some of my friends' cats. They love to dig up potted plants. Um, so yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. some, sometimes I like to dig because it's kind of like a litter box, you know. They have that natural instinct to want to dig and, you know, and sometimes even rip um, some bulbs um, or, you know, whatever out of the soil. So um, yep. I do know that some flowers that are stems from bulbs. Um, bulbs can carry some toxins that can harm pets. Um, so that's something to also watch out for. Um, the soil itself, um, I don't really know if there's any harmful um, conditions that may arise. There could okay. quite possibly be some things that arise, but one of the things would be to kind of check the ingredients, see, do a little Google search and see if something pops up. Um, it's kind of like if we were to, if we were like worried about something in the grocery store, like if it had an allergen um, in the ingredient, we would check the box first and then kind of see and go from there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, tell everybody, Bradley, and we hope you're feeling better and you get back to the office real soon. And but tell every, thank you for taking the time to do this because I know when you're infirmed it's not always the great the, the most oh god i gotta do something else but it's a tape so that we're you can do it in a in a we're taping it you don't have to be in person it worked out but tell everybody how they can get in touch with if anyone needs the services of the rec so if anybody needs us they can call us at 570-587-7777 very easy number to remember um and they yep. can call any and then we can answer the phone. Um, and then they can also find our um, emergency service hours on our website, brecpa.com. And um, they could take a look there, see when our ER services are open. Um, now, although our ER services do you know, vary from week to week, um, our regular uh, referral services have normal hours so um that's you know our surgery referral our you know internal medicine and stuff of the like great okay well thank you bradley we hope you have a good weekend we hope you feel better hopefully we'll talk to you again real soon and thank you again for everything everyone else out there have a great weekend thanks for listening see you next week be safe and please be nice bye bye
Bye. Bye.